Live to tape. Welcome to Millennial Season 3, Episode 22. I'm Andrew. I'm Elisa. I'm Laura. And I'm Matt. We have a jam-packed show today, including the debut of a brand new segment, three seasons and 22 episodes into the show. This is a concept, this is a segment unlike anything you've ever seen in podcasting or radio. It's called Voicemails. Yes, (gasps) we have voicemails. We've actually had voicemails. (laughs) There are are Patreon benefits, and uh, for the first couple weeks, nobody was calling in with anything. And then somebody tweeted me. I believe it was Angel. Aww, you know, she's got the hot she's boyfriend. A That's the only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's okay, but her boyfriend. <laughs> but anyway, so she reminded me we have voicemails, and I was like, "Oh yeah, voicemails." So I checked, and lo and behold, we have stuff. And well, they're very, <laughs> they're quite something. Y'all oh, have God. problems. <laughs> I just. <laughs> <laughs> there's something you haven't even heard them yet i've heard some of them there's something oh, you, you peaked well okay. i mean yeah we get emails with the transcripts um oh, there's right. just something deeply deeply wrong with some of you <laughs> and i love it i love you, it oh okay you love it all right yeah. i was gonna say these are these are our supporters <laughs> how could you talk smack on them like that we'll let I everybody mean, judge for themselves if there's something wrong with them, I kind of feel like we reap what we sow. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it is our fault. Yeah. This is true. So let's start with a couple of updates on what we've spoken about recently. Laura, why don't you tell us what happened down in Puerto Rico? Yeah. So those of you who were listening last week or a couple of weeks ago might remember that we were talking about uh, Puerto Rico's uh, vote in favor of their new status. So their options were to either vote for statehood to remain in their current um, sort of limbo status or for independence. And the people who turned out to vote voted overwhelmingly in favor of statehood uh, to the tune of 97%. Um, So the idea is that Puerto Rican representatives want to take this to Congress for consideration. Of course, Congress is the only body of people who get to decide when a new state is added. However, it is worth noting that although 97% of the people who voted voted for statehood, only 23% of the eligible voting population turned out to vote. Wow. I'm surprised by that. Yeah. I know. It was very surprising. It turned out, and we actually had a couple of listeners uh, who are from Puerto Rico in the group talking about this, and it's something that I've also seen just in message boards um, and in places like Reddit online, that a lot of people opted to protest this vote because they felt like it was a waste of time and money and that the United States Congress would not pay attention to the results no matter what they were. Well, that's unfortunately <laughs> probably true. And yep. I have to say, I, I it occurred to me, it could also be, I mean, not in this case, but in general, people tend not to turn out for elections that they feel they can't influence. So if, mm-hmm. if, if, if a voting population feels like their vote doesn't matter, they don't turn out. That's why a lot of people sat home this most recent election in the United States. They felt like Hillary had it in the bag. What's the point, right? 
So, God, I can't even imagine how they must feel in Puerto Rico. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But the fact of the matter yeah. is, like, given the low voter turnout, it's very unlikely that Congress is going to do anything. Huh. Yeah. What were big, you going to say, Matt? Big shocker there. Um, I, I was just going to comment on, I think it just shows that Puerto Rico deserves to be a state because they're acting like one of the states. They, <laughs> the voter turnout sucks. Yeah. That's a good point. Welcome to America. It's true. Very good point. Formally. <laughs> they are culturally in line with us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well done, guys. Another update. Bill Cosby's sexual assault case ended in a mistrial. All that for a mistrial. The jury was deliberating for several days. They couldn't come to a decision. Uh, not the majority of them, anyway. So it was a major disappointment. I mean, this poor woman who went through this first of all we already know there were so many women who came forward about Mm -hmm. bill Bill cosby and she was the first one to get a trial after all this time had passed um and now the prosecution says they're going to go back and try again but it's probably going to take a long time these things take a while just fucking figures yeah yeah i don't think the public or at least the majority of the public uh thinks that like this did not happen so, I mean, it's unfortunate yeah. that this woman did not, you know, get get the justice she deserved, but I I I think I think she at least will be seen um favorably by the public as opposed to like a liar. I hope so. Yeah. I hope that's true. But, Go ahead, Laura. But I mean, like how important is the court of public opinion, right? I mean, that court always exists in any major trial Mm -hmm. um that's getting as much news coverage as this has so i mean yeah of course she's probably going to be viewed favorably by the vast majority of people but she's still going to have to live with the fact that her rapist is effectively getting off yes at this point yeah i mean that's you know that's really probably argue to be honest with you that she is going to be viewed favorably i think that even in really cut and dry cases like this one Victims still aren't believed, and particularly when the person is is someone who's famous and is coming from a position of power and has a lot of money and and a, a huge like fan following. Many of his fans have stuck by him because of that alone. It's hard. It's hard to let go of like your childhood mentor, right? So I mm-hmm. actually don't even know if that that is on her side frankly. I mean, historically, socially, it's not, it it hasn't been. It's weird to me, though, I have to say really quickly, it's weird to me that there was, like, one dude on the panel. So the reason they declared a mistrial was just because the, the, um, the panel could not reach a consensus. It wasn't unanimous. And you have to have unanimous vote for a conviction. And so they kept saying that they couldn't reach a unanimous vote. And there were implications that there was like one person uh, on, on the jury that was kind of a holdout. I'm just thinking to myself, God, like what must that be like in that room? There's one person, one dude who's holding like the fate of this entire debacle in his or her hands. The New York Daily News, I believe it was, had a cover a long time ago that kind of sums it up. 
He said, she 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 So many women are coming out against him. Come on. This isn't a he said, she said situation. It's a he said, she said, she said. Also, it's a he said, it's a she said, he said the exact same thing situation. He is on record in a 2005 deposition saying that he drugged women and that he deliberately looked for that middle ground between consent and a, and a verbal no, and he content, literally a quote continued with his actions when he wasn't physically pushed off, even though they couldn't physically push him off because he fucking drugged them. So this is like very clear cut. If we're not there's there's actually a great article in Vox that said it's time we start believing Bill Cosby. It's time we start. Yeah, right. It's like, if you're not going to believe the women, believe the man. He said it himself. He yeah. admitted mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, all right. Laura, give us an update on Georgia, and then I'm going to report some breaking entertainment news. All right. Well, uh, if any of you have been paying attention to my voting PSAs over the last few weeks, uh, today is the special election in the Georgia 6th Congressional District. So we are actually replacing Tom Price, who the Trump administration pulled to be his Secretary of Health and Human Services because they thought the Georgia 6th was a Republican safe district. Well, then along came a little man named John Ossoff, and he has proven that that was not the case. So today is that election between he and Republican Karen Handel. And going into this election, the polls were neck and neck. Um, so polling closed about 30 minutes ago. We're recording around 7.30 on Tuesday night. So we're just going to be keeping an eye on this throughout the episode. Uh, currently, there's zero uh, precincts reporting, so I don't have any numbers at the moment, but I'm keeping an eye on it. I'm very excited. All right, Laura, thank you so much for that. We'll get back to you soon. <laughs> and- <laughs> oh, that man, I newsy? hope Asaf wins. Was it too newsy? He is, <laughs> he is Asaf and King hot, so I want to see more that, of him. Mm-hmm. If I was down there, if he was a Republican, I would still vote for him based off of sex appeal alone. <laughs> His Han Solo is pretty fucking nice. Uh, Have you seen that video of him? (laughs) I am Han Solo, the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Well, that's a really weird transition because this is exactly the the (laughs) the breaking news I'm just going to report. This is some nerd news, so put on your glasses and. What is it? I virgins, listen up. the 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 directors of the Han Solo spinoff movie. Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, they're dropping out of the project. They'd already started filming. What? Yes. Breaking news. Why? Kathleen Kennedy, president of Lucasfilm, said in a statement, Phil Lord and Chris Miller are talented filmmakers who have assembled an incredible cast and crew, but it's become clear that we had different creative visions on this film, and we've decided to part ways. A new director will be announced soon. They're already filming. The fuck? What? Oh. That's fucking stupid. I can't stupid. wait for the gossip for reports to come out about that. I mean, they, they've they done great work. They did the Lego movie, the Jump Street movies, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. They they make some great stuff. People were, th- were, th- were thrilled when they were going to direct that. It must Boy, have been pretty serious mess. for directors to drop out in the middle of filming. That's either yeah. either yeah. the either the creative differences were were incredibly profound or there's something else going on here 
Yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know. Mm. It's it's it's. I guess it comes down to Kathleen Kennedy. She's kind of the head of Star Wars these days. Yeah. So if she she just must not have been happy with how it was going, which is really shocking. <laughs> well, I guess Joss Whedon should just pick up because he's he's doing the same thing with the Justice League movie. He can just yeah, pick them up because Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder, unfortunately, his one of his daughters killed herself a couple months ago, and they halted filming, and then he decided he couldn't come back to finish it. So Joss Whedon is stepping in there, which is really cool, yeah. actually. Um, okay, so we've got, like I said, we've got a lot to talk about today, including our first ever voicemails. I just want to give a quick plug to something new over on patreon.com slash millennial. If you sign up, or if you've recently joined, there's now a handy button on the left-hand side under the Featured Tags section. It says Benefits. And if you click that, you can easily find links to signing up for the surprise pitch form, calling into the voicemail line, and adding the millennial bonus content to uh, the podcast app that you already use. So the problem is, previously was that people would sign up. Let's say somebody signs up right now. All the all the forms and links that you need to really take advantage of all the bonus material, they were buried deep within Patreon. So now it's very easy to access those. And we appreciate your support over on patreon.com slash millennial. So one of the benefits is calling into a voicemail line. The number, and I love that Google lets you do this. When you when you try to find a phone number, you can you can make a word out of your phone number. So I included the word clap. In our voicemail, because we all have it. So, so <laughs> then we all have the clap. So here now, this is our uh, first voicemail today. Brace yourselves, Bobby Newport. Hey guys, <laughs> I'm drunk right now. Um, now my name's Sean. I just wanted to thank mainly Laura for being an intelligent fucking human being and mainly for last week informing us of like the real reason for a queef because I like Andrew thought it was just a vag fart. Oh so just thank you for being an intelligent human being and please continue to do so. Thank you. Bye. Mm. I'll have what you're drinking, Sean. Oh my god! I'm just wondering why he started the voicemail with, with, with this. Bobby Newport. Well then, uh, I, it's from Parks and Rec. Yeah, I don't know why you're questioning. That's a perfectly acceptable greeting. No, but like <laughs> I know it's from Parks and Rec, but I still don't understand in context. Oh. Oh, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I didn't even know it was from Parks and Rec. Is this the Sean that we spent election night with? Oh, we had that does we sound had, like him. We had Sean come out and join us for election night, and I'm wondering if it's the same one. Yeah, that could be. Sean, let us know. Was yes. this you? If so, that was him. You're welcome. But you, it was if him. You let us know. I just looked up his number on Facebook. All right, well, I think okay. we need to hear it from him. So, Sean, get drunk. <laughs> And send okay. us another voicemail, please. <laughs> oh, okay. So, um, uh, let's see. Okay, here's here's another one. 
Uh, hey, fuck bitches. Um, I wanted to call yesterday and yell at you because it was my birthday and I still haven't gotten a surprise bitch because I've been here since the beginning and I've been a $10 uh, Patreon supporter since the beginning and I'm just really offended right now and I'm really hurt by your decision. But I just had to stay at my friend's house for like three hours because a guy came over and literally wouldn't leave no matter how much we told him we didn't want him here. So, I hope y'all are having a great day. Bye. Great, Allison. Wow, we suck. Allison, first of all, happy birthday. Yeah. In April, happy birthday. (laughs) In April. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm confused. So she says a friend came over to her friend's house and she couldn't leave for three hours because the the guy who came over wouldn't leave. Like, why didn't you just leave the house before him? Were you just supporting your friend and dealing with I him? I think Probably. so. That's, yeah, that would I be would. an acceptable friend thing to do. Oh, yeah. One time, Elisa invited a random guy back to our hotel room. We were in uh, Toronto. And, yeah. And oh, boy. <laughs> what? Did Elisa tell you to leave because <laughs> no, no, no. you were so cramping I, your style? I did. No, no, no. So, like, the guy was outside our door knocking and I did the good friend thing and went and hid in the bathroom while she told him to go away. <laughs> I'll play one more. This is more of a serious one. I think the person was sober and just actually responding to a topic we discussed on the show. Hi, I just finished listening to y'all's most recent episode um, and y'all had talked about 13 reasons why. And I wanted to take a moment to kind of tell you a little bit about the book and really just kind of compel y'all to read it, I guess, because it did have an impact on me um, when I was in the midst of uh, a pretty deep depression and contemplating suicide and everything. Um, the book doesn't do what the show did. It, it, does, it, um, it doesn't glamorize suicide. Uh, it takes place over the course of one evening, and the only two characters that um, you follow, like follow, follow, are Hannah and um, Clay, I believe, are the correct names. It's, it's been a minute since I since I read the book, but it just explains her reasoning for committing suicide and really goes into how people, how she tried to reach out to people for help and they weren't listening and they weren't noticing the signs. And it does talk about other issues like rape and uh, drunk driving and things like that. Uh, But the most important thing is, is that a lot of people have been really helped by 13 Reasons Why, the novel. And when I heard that Netflix was making it a series, I really questioned whether or not that was going to be a good idea because it's, because, yeah, Netflix is going to glamorize something like that. And that's exactly what they did. So, you may not have liked the television show, but it's actually a really great read, and it really helps, I think, um, bring a lot of people—it um, it helps people realize that suicide is a very real issue and um, helps people start to kind of look for signs and notice signs and uh it also helps people notice those signs in themselves and seek help. Um, sorry, I'm rambling about this. Uh, I just felt that it was necessary to let you all know that this this is a thing. Um, so, yeah, uh, check out the book. Um, thanks. Uh, love your show. 
Sorry for rambling. Bye. <laughs> so um, was, she didn't give her name. Uh, Area code 405. Gotcha. But okay. I, um, yeah, I've actually heard the same thing about the book. And what you were talking about in terms of being afraid of Netflix glorifying suicide, that was exactly my gripe about the show. Um, and from what I understood, the, the show really deviated from the book in a lot mm-hmm. of major ways in terms of how it depicted um, suicide being interpreted in it also as well as how it just depicted suicide as an act. Um, so yeah, I would totally be open to reading the book. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was the first time I heard such a positive review of the book versus the TV show. I, I knew the book was very popular, um, but this was very enlightening. So thank you, caller. Thank you. Um, not to jump back to this, but I'm also just seeing now that the Han Solo movie only had three weeks of filming left. Oh, like, what my the God. <laughs> yeah, I think something happened. All right, three weeks to go. Yeah. Time to change oh, your drink. Elisa, what's going on in the news this week? So I wanted to start off by talking about Otto Warmbier. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but he was an American, American college student who about a year and a half ago traveled to North Korea, and I'm sure everybody saw the headlines this week that North Korea finally sent him back after he was imprisoned there for a year. He was cut off from his family for that entire year. He wasn't allowed to speak to them. There was no communication at all. The reason he was imprisoned was because he was caught on camera taking down a propaganda poster. Now, he quickly put it back up. He took the poster down. Then he put it right back up again, literally 10 seconds later. But the, that act alone um, had him charged with crimes against the state. And he was sentenced to something like 10 years of hard labor in prison. But again, only served a year of that, completely uh, cut off from, from the United States and from his family. And then completely out of nowhere, about a week ago, North Korea sent him back in a coma. And then a few days ago... It was announced, or yesterday actually, it was announced that he had died. So he was able to be reunited with his family, but um, you know he was in a vegetative state and unresponsive. No one was sure why. Now, when North Korea sent him back, they sent him back with a few head scans, but that was about it. And the the MRIs showed that his brain function had been deteriorating pretty steadily over the past year. But again, nobody has any idea how he was put into a coma in the first place. It's widely assumed that the North Korean imprisonment um, uh, officers tortured him in some way to put him in that state. And he got so bad that they wanted to send him back home to the United States because they didn't want a dead American on their hands. Um, So Mm. that's what happened. And, to be honest with you, I think we all can agree that this is pretty fucking horrific. Um, or can we? Because this is this is the bone I have to pick with this story. When Otto was first imprisoned in North Korea, every every I'm talking from Slate to Huffington Post, uh, even a couple of articles in, in the New York Times, everybody was shitting all over. Otto Warmbier, the, the the college student, as being this idiot frat boy, and they some of them even went onto his Facebook to see some of the sort of p- 
political things he had been posting, found that he was pretty middle of the road, but leaned a little, leaned conservative, leaned Republican, and shat all over him for that and said, well, this is what happens when you play with fire. Maybe you won't like oppressive regimes and conservative ideals so much anymore now that you're imprisoned by one. <sighs> and, for fuck's and, sake. And literally, guys, I'm not kidding. I kinda, I'm trying to pull up the Slate article now to, to, to read parts of it to you, but but it was multiple outlets. The outcry was huge. Everybody laughed at him. Now, obviously, to be fair, nobody knew that while they were doing this, he was being tortured and and put into a coma. But they shouldn't have to know that. And this is the conversation I wanted to have with, with you all, is this is, I, I feel like we're all pretty liberal here. Um, we shit a lot all over conservatives and Republicans in today's day and age, and rightfully so, because they're jackasses right now. But we have to call out hypocrisy in our own camp when we see it. We have to mm-hmm. be we we have to be consistent in our values, and it it really bothers me that the liberal base and so many liberal media outlets spent the past year shitting all over this guy. Just because he was a frat bro, there were pictures of him doing like keg stands in front of like his his fraternity house, and because he leaned Republican, that makes it okay that he was imprisoned by uh, an autocratic regime. That makes it okay to laugh about it. Since when is victim blaming a liberal ideal? Since when is saying that this guy deserves it somehow that he was an idiot? Was that acceptable? Let me ask. Let me ask people this: If someone were walking down the street, they knowingly went into a bad neighborhood, and they said, "Oh, it'll be fine. I'm fine here." They went to a bad neighborhood, and they start, you know, I don't know, call calling people names or whatever it is, and then somebody comes out and kills that person. Are they at fault? Is that what is that what being liberal means now? Is that we blame the victims for going into a bad neighborhood at the wrong time of night for calling somebody a rude name? Was that a smart decision? No. Is it relevant? Also, no. So I, I, this is the bone I had to pick with 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 liberals on on this case. See, but I don't like that analogy because it's not waltzing into a neighborhood you're going to north korea an absolutely positively terrible country nobody should ever go to north korea (laughs) and so he was with a travel group and look i i am not saying that we should we should um be laughing at this even back when he was captured or anything absolutely not but i do have to question why the fuck you would go go to north korea that is a stupid idea. I think this there's a CNN reporter who always goes to North he reports from North Korea. He's an idiot too. Anybody who goes to North Korea is an idiot. I still feel bad for him and his family that this all happened, but you also have to think like what the hell were you thinking, man? I do think that. Yeah, I I think that you can question somebody's judgment while still recognizing that they didn't deserve what they got. Right. Right? Like certainly he was stupid. But the fact of the matter is there's a lot of stupid frat boys out there. My brother is a frat boy and most of them don't get detained and killed by an autocratic state, nor, nor should they. they're not going to North Korea. No, but let me ask. Yeah, but, no, but what, I'm, what I'm saying is like 
a lot of people do dumb stuff, and most of the time it doesn't get them killed. And when it does get them killed, you can definitely question the judgment that led them there, but that still doesn't mean they deserve to die. No, but even what they did, like he he was in prison because they accused him of trying to steal a picture or something. And yeah, and who knows if even no, yeah, that's true. North they Korea didn't could even be investigate that up. on it. And he said he didn't do it. He said it was a misunderstanding. But regardless of the fact, like I, I didn't really think about the the fact that he was ostracized on Facebook because he was it, like he had political views that some people disagreed with, and they say that he was like he got what he deserved because he's not because he's he's an American regardless of what his beliefs are. Like, he's one of us. To Andrew's point about why he was in North Korea, I, would I ever go there? Fuck no. You, 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 I think that does take a special kind of crazy. But he was there with the, on, a, on a trip with a bunch of other American students who were supposed to be, like, goodwill ambassadors and trying to bridge this pretty much non-existent this not non-existent bridge really between American and North Korean culture. So it wasn't just him. He didn't go there alone. He was with a very large group of American students. And this is the question that I would pose to, to all to us and, and to anyone listening who considers himself a liberal. Do we think that slate Huffington Post, New York times and all the others who wrote about this college student this way, would have said the same things and approached the articles the same way if the American college student in question had been a the president of the Democratic of, of student Dems and was a known activist for women's rights and Black Lives Matter and was caught on camera taking down a propaganda poster. Would the reaction have been the same? Or would that person? No, absolutely, of course not. Or would that person have been hailed as a, as as do as doing you know a great liberal deed and you know sticking it to this authoritarian regime? Look, look at our proud American college student, you know, sticking it to them, fighting for freedom and for America, and look how great they are. That's my guess. That's my guess. Is that if if it had been a liberal college student who was known for being a great liberal activist, we would not have seen those articles, period. And that's hypocritical and it's wrong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think you're right. Yeah, I agree. Still still sad. Yeah, still absolutely very sad. And and our thoughts are with his family uh, as President Trump. And the family did point out, at least he did die in America, not over there in North Korea. And at least they got his body I mean, back. he was technically brain dead when he traveled over here. Right. Yeah, I know, but still, you know, let, let the family think he died over here, if that's what they want to believe. But I think and another thing we didn't really talk about is that hopefully the U.S. comes down hard on North Korea, harder after this. Obviously, we already have a <laughs> bunch of problems with them. See, this Maybe they'll be a little me. fiercer. This concerns me. Because, I mean, you already had Trump a couple of months ago talking about wanting to bomb North Korea. And I'm like, great, great. Speaking of Trump, he is now personally under investigation, <laughs> if you believe fake news Washington Post. Though Trump seemed to confirm the news himself when he tweeted 
quote, I'm being investigated for firing the FBI director by the man who told me to fire the FBI director. Witch hunt. Now, you would think, oh, okay, so he's confirming he knows he's under investigation. Well, his lawyer begs to differ. Um, Jay Siculo went on numerous television shows over the weekend, six of them to be exact, to defend Trump. And notably, he said his client, Donald Trump, actually isn't under investigation, which is extremely (laughs) bizarre because the president himself said he was under investigation. So he he was he was arguing that Trump was just going off of that Washington Post reports. But I we all know what the fuck happened here. Trump spoke out of turn. His lawyers wish he didn't tweet that because now they have to do damage control. Um, so, but it's just another embarrassing moment where Trump is shooting himself in the foot because he's under investigation because he fired Comey. He's under investigation for obstruction of justice by firing Comey. And if only he wasn't begging Comey to come out and say, please tell everyone I'm not under investigation, he wouldn't be under investigation. (laughs) It's incredible. Yeah, it's uh do you remember last week when Trump was quoted as saying total vindication following the Comey hearing? That's how I feel right now. Total and complete vindication. I just I, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I have a really hard time believing this is actually going to lead to anything because it seems like Donald Trump just blows through whatever obstacles you put in his way. Uh, but my fondest hope is that at this point, his administration is so mired in scandal that it's going to be really hard for them to get anything done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now the Republicans are jumping on all of this, including my beloved brother-in-law. This is the Republican oh, talking point God. right now. It's that it's that, well, he's under investigation, personally under investigation for for obstruction. Because the FBI can't find anything on collusion. They've moved on from collusion. Obviously, we would have heard about it by now. That's no, not you true. stupid Fox News, talking heads, idiot viewers. We don't know anything that's happened so far in regards to the FBI's investigation into collusion. They are still looking into it. So, so Trump could and his administration could potentially get fucked for collusion and Trump himself could potentially get fucked for obstruction. We will see. But you know, guys, it's the deep state who's going after Donald Trump. Right. And the liberals (laughs) are going crazy and everything's fake except for Washington Post when Donald Trump confirms it himself. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Watch Fox and Friends. (laughs) <laughs> yeah great, great reporting from great Fox reporting friends. great reporting other news now this this brings up a this is a this could this is this is big a woman who encouraged her boyfriend to kill himself over text and phone calls has been convicted his has been found guilty of involuntary manslaughter oh boy um michelle carter 20 years old she hasn't been sentenced yet. We don't know what she's going to have to do. But um, she had encouraged her 18-year-old boyfriend through text messages to kill himself. 
Uh, Conrad killed himself on July 12, 2014, by inhaling carbon monoxide produced by a water pump in his truck. Um, Michelle had encouraged him to breathe in the carbon monoxide over text message. Mm-hmm. This is a really sad now, story. It it is very sad, but it also this is this is a big deal mm-hmm. because people joke around a lot. It's really unfortunate. People joke around a lot, telling people to kill themselves. Whether it's joking or even semi-serious, they joke around about it. And now this ruling says you will get in trouble for doing that. So on that hand, on on one hand, that is a good thing. There are consequences to words. On the other hand, wow. I mean, he he wasn't just saying it though. Like he, like I from what I've read, he he did have like a history of like having suicidal thoughts and, yeah, and and his girlfriend um utilized that for popularity she even told people that he had already died before he did before he committed suicide so uh, i mean the text messages like some of them were were like have you done it yet no uh, i'm no i i can't i'm scared go back in there and do it or something and it was it was horrifying it yeah really it is. was repeated it's not like it was one time of her even implying it as a joke. This these text messages went on over the course of weeks of her peer pressuring him effectively to kill her uh, to kill himself. Um and her like giving him ideas as to how he could do it, her telling him that she would take care of his family, and yeah. like Matt said, her going around and using it as a popularity um sort of icon. It was and that, really fucked up. I I am not sorry that she was convicted. That makes a big difference, too. Like, oh, yeah. You know, if someone says mm-hmm. in passing, I'll oh, just go kill yourself. I mean, you're still a shitbag, but I'm not sure that you should be charged for that. But it seems to me like the details of this case really lend themselves to premeditation. That she thought this shit through and did it mm-hmm. repeatedly. And that makes a really big difference to how I feel about it personally. Um, I guess ultimately I'm kind of If she was determined to make him commit suicide if she's already telling her peers. That's just so funny. I know I see all these pictures of her at, like at in the courtroom crying and crying. And I'm like, you fucking asshole. No one feels sorry for you. Yeah, well, she feels sorry for herself because she's going to jail probably lulls yeah well she sounds like a sociopath she faces 20 up to 20 years by the way good so but it hasn't been sentenced yet right 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 yeah sentencing is in august so we'll see what happens but you know as um i i have i when my now ex joined the trevor projects that is a it's a it's a hotline that questioning youth can call into gay questioning youth can call into if they're having suicidal thoughts and after he joined that it it started to dawn on me just how 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 we really as a society should stop joking around about killing yourself like when i see it on twitter people saying i'm gonna kill myself it's not funny it it, and people Uh should never ever say it in my opinion and I really hate reading that kind of stuff on Twitter or social media or even just hearing people say it because you might be joking, but other people aren't. 
And that's a, it's just, it's, it's just such a serious thing to say to somebody who's actually suffering. So, uh, Mike going through the Trevor being a volunteer there just really made me realize that. And I would never ever say something like that anymore. And I encourage everybody else to make the same decision there. Don't joke around about that. It's not funny. Yeah. Okay. On to more depressing news. Yes. Uh, so something else happened this week. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit, a little bit about Philando Castile. Um, this past Friday, a jury, uh, a jury hearing acquitted the police officer, uh, Geronimo Yanez, of all charges in the shoot and killing of Philando Castile. Um, I'm sure many of you uh, remember uh, this happening last summer when his girlfriend, Diamond, she was videotaping and uh, f- Facebook living what the whole incident happening in real time. Um, so Officer Yanez um, was charged with second-degree mur- uh, second manslaughter and endangering sa- the safety of discharging a firearm in the shooting. And what what's really upsetting about all of this is that there, how does a black person in this country not get shot? Like, the excuses that the police departments have been using, where, like, he was wearing a hoodie, he was uh, running away from, from the officer, he was running towards the officer, he was... I mean, he, like, the bar just keeps moving back and forth. Yeah, it's... There's, there's no, there's no standard that it seems like people in this situation can satisfy. This is a particularly egregious case for two, for two reasons. One, we have actual film footage of it. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and two, that Philando Castile was, uh, had done nothing wrong either. Like he literally, literally nothing. Yeah. Like it's it's never. I mean, I think that we need to be retraining or, or changing the way rather that we train officers in this country as a whole, and not to take away from past tragedies. But past tragedies, there's been some gray area where at least people have argued. Well, this person didn't deserve to be shot and killed, but they were committing a crime. That's not the case here. Even that's mm-hmm. not the case here. And what upsets me is is I is is. This person is that Castile was was licensed to carry a firearm, and that that was one of the points that the officer tried to make. That was clear that he had a firearm. He was licensed to carry that, and and as you and as you've said, Matt, there's just been no outrage at all from any of the groups that we would think would be outraged about it. NRA has been silent. Right. The the right in general, conservatives in general, have been completely silent Nothing. about this. If this were a white man or a white woman, especially, who had been shot and killed while, while legally carrying a firearm and exercising their Second Amendment rights, do you not think it would be plastered over every television for the next month? Oh yeah, no, we all be I like, don't. "What the because, hell? No way!" No, I, well, I, I don't believe that because it wouldn't have happened. <laughs> this literally, this just wouldn't have happened. And um, last night on the Daily Show, Trevor Noah gave a really, a really poignant and 
really heartfelt uh, speech about this whole uh, issue. But this story is, is, is interesting because there's something different. And that is Philando Castile wasn't just a man shot at a traffic stop. He was a legal gun owner whose family was in the car and who had committed no crime at all. In a story of a man being shot because he was lawfully armed, you would think that one group, one powerful group in America would say something about this. This is one group that you would expect to be losing their goddamn minds about this, the NRA. But for some strange reason, on this particular case, they've been completely silent, completely silent. And yet, according to their rhetoric, this is everything that they stand against, right? An officer of the state depriving a citizen of his life because he was legally carrying a firearm? I mean, listen to how vocal and fired up the NRA gets when nothing has happened. There is no greater freedom than the right to survive and protect our families with all the rifles, shotguns, and handguns we want. Unless you're black, is what it should have said. Like, it's interesting how the people who define themselves by one fundamental American right, the right to bear arms, show that once race is involved, the only right that they believe in is their right to remain silent. All right, Trevor Noah. Good point. Damn, boy. Yeah, I literally said everything that I was thinking in a much more eloquent, poised way. So. One more news story today, and then we're going to get to some fun AP choice selections from our patrons at our highest level, over on Patreon. Um, Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos, he's got a lot of money. He's the second richest person in the world. And... Obviously, Amazon is an extremely successful company. They have announced that they are purchasing Whole Foods for $13.7 billion, or as many people say, about the price of two pieces of kale at Whole Foods. <laughs> Whole Foods is expensive. <laughs> so I guess the question is, like, why is Amazon buying Whole Foods if they're coming for the supermarket industry? And by the way, shares of supermarket companies dropped on this news because Amazon's pretty good at what they do. Um, why are they buying Whole Foods? Is Whole Foods about to get a lot cheaper? Yeah. It almost made me wonder if this was going to have anything to do with Amazon's whole brick and mortar store experiment that they've talked about in the past. Mm -hmm. Like, are they just going to kill two birds with one stone and just use these existing stores to start? Yeah. No, I don't think so. Because in the uh, in the announcement that they gave, uh, it said that they were that it was still going to be called Whole Foods. It was still going to have. Uh, everything that Whole Foods stands for and all, all the products. It's really just Amazon just now is becoming their sugar daddy is well, paying them. But I think Laura's right to an extent. They do seem to be interested in brick and mortar and, and no, because no, they're they buying do. a brick just like and with mortar. the bookstores. Yes, but they're buying Whole Foods, which is brick and mortar. So I think I think Amazon and Jeff Bezos have some some sort of plan long term for expanding. And yeah, Laura, you fucking bet. I mean. It, it, we all. I mean, I imagine that in the within the next couple of years, 
when you go into Whole Foods, there's going to be an Amazon section, and you're going to be able to buy a Kindle and maybe sign up for Prime and, I don't know, sample the latest Prime Instant video, crap like that. Um, but yeah, it is interesting. It'll be very interesting to see what they do. Amazon, of course, is is what's bizarre to me is Amazon's known for their cheap prices. That's why we all love Amazon. And Whole Foods yeah. is so damn expensive. <laughs> so, so, so you would yeah, think like that if they really want to save them, if they really want to boom, make Whole Foods grow. Yes, those prices are probably going to drop somehow. Uh, but man, some people really do swear by Whole Foods. Yeah, but I feel like Whole Foods is like is like one of those one of those places like a Equinox gym or something where you you go you have a membership just so you can say you have a membership. And like, your I feel like people go to Whole Foods. Up for them. Yeah, you're you go to Whole Foods to shop because you get to tell everybody that, you know, I was at Whole Foods because, you know, that's where I shop. I only shop at Whole Foods because it's it's organic, it's raw. They have the best selection of raw. I have really mixed feelings about this whole about this whole purchase of Whole Foods because there's 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 a there's one main problem with this, right? And that is that Amazon operates as though it is still a startup in that they don't really have profits. Period. A lot of people don't realize that Amazon is like basically they they make enough money to pay their employees, obviously. But any actual profit margins they make, they put right back into the company by investing in other things. They're, if you look at their quarter-to-quarter reports, they make like zero dollars, even though they're like this big company. Um, so here's the problem with this, is that by them buying Whole Foods, Whole Foods is going to get significantly cheaper because they don't care about profits. They just want to recoup the money that they lose. Whole Foods gets cheaper. All right. Awesome. Great. The problem now, though, becomes is that they get so cheap that other grocery stores can't compete with them. And on one hand, this is really good news for low-income folks because it means that we're about to see groceries become a lot cheaper because now they have to compete with a company that doesn't care about profits, which is unheard of. And so Chains like Giant and Kroger and Safeway are going to have to drop their prices to compete with Amazon's new version of Whole Foods that has no profits. So on one hand, okay, great, we see cheaper produce. On the other hand, if this makes some of those chains, if it hurts some of those chains badly enough, those chains will have to shut down some of their stores. Well, where are they most likely to shut down stores? Probably low-income neighborhoods. Because they're the neighborhoods that aren't generating them very, very many profits. And so I, I'm really conflicted about this. On one hand, it's super cool. Super cool could make groceries go down in price. On the other hand, I worry about brick and mortar grocery stores that could be shutting down and how that's going to impact people who frankly don't have the money to have a laptop and an Amazon Prime subscription. What happens to yeah. them? It- and then going on that line of thinking, Elisa, if these other stores go out of business and people start relying, including people in lower income communities, begin relying on Whole Foods, if Whole Foods has less uh, competition, what can they do? Bring up their prices because <laughs> they're not competing anymore. Right. And Well, that's and- what I'm worried about with the cable industry because now there's so many – they're becoming less and less uh, cable companies to, to fight over each other. So I'm hoping this doesn't happen with the grocery outlets. 
But this is, I mean, that's one of the main concerns I have, too, about this merger. Yeah, well, it looks like it's happening. I mean, remember, Amazon also bought Washington Post, which seemed equally bizarre because it's like, Amazon, you're such a high-tech company. You do all this cool stuff. You're buying uh, a newspaper? Those things are so 90s. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. My understanding, though, regarding Amazon and their profits is that they can easily control those levers. If they want to make some money, they can easily bump everything up. Um, not to say that they are doing that, but they are in control. If if they want to please investors, they can at any moment. They just you know tick everything up a couple of pennies or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But I have to also just say, as a little a little aside, I'm freaking obsessed with Amazon right now. They do all the cool stuff. They're ahead of the curve. They're they're cooler than Apple in my opinion. They just the the Echo is just like the best thing ever. Uh, we've spoken about mm-hmm. that previously, and how my Echo listens to me talk to my dog and have sex or in this case never have sex anymore um i'm just i'm just very impressed by what amazon is doing and how they're competing with apple and other tech companies and by the way elisa was talking about shuttering brick and mortar food stores (laughs) i mean you're you're also describing there what happened to the book industry thanks to amazon they screwed over borders and barnes and noble has been struggling ever since but barnes and noble was only really saved by the fact that borders went out as out of business so right exactly and and but but and th- those are just books you know i mean I imagine what yeah. the implications are for food yeah so i'm, I'm kind of worried to be, to be quite honest but like food will always it won't get insanely cheap because like farmers and uh, all these you know these companies who create cookies for example like they 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 set their prices at a certain amount right amazon can't hold them by the balls i don't think no, I'm not worried. I mean, look at the way the look at the way that wholesalers like Costco do it though. They hold those distributors by the mm. balls. I'm just thinking about like yeah. how milk goes up in price because I don't freaking know. Something happens with the cows. The cows are in a bad mood or something. <laughs> you know how the price I, goes I, up I, and we're all like, oh what the hell? Why is milk cost so expensive? Why is it so expensive right now? I would like to see uh organic produce get cheaper. I would like you're paying be... for organic, though. But I would like not to have, like, two options. I, I would like just produce to be organic and not have to be labeled organic. Because I think... Preach. That's that's where our... <laughs> it's kind of necessary to that, not get sick. By the way, the, the whole idea of organic is kind of bullshit anyway. Like, people can just throw that on their labels and... It doesn't really have right. to adhere There's... to certain guidelines, right? Yeah, you can call anything organic, yeah. basically. My poop's organic. Um, <laughs> well, we have a couple. <laughs> Matt, you want my poop? It's organic. <laughs> uh, I'm, uh, it's, not, it's not cheap enough. <laughs> AP choices. We have a couple of them this week. This first one's from Allison. How do you guys react to your dreams? Do you remember them when you wake up, or do you not dream at all? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's God. so sad. do you just think man that was weird and move on or do you try to look for the reason behind them or like look up what they mean my dreams influence my thoughts a lot because my dreams mostly go off of what is happening in my life so it's another way to look at situations and feelings for me yeah i don't i I don't feel like i dream a lot but when i do dream it's usually because I'm either stressed out or there's something of great significance happening in my life. Um, I remember when I was in my first year of teaching, 
I had a dream that I was looking in my mirror one morning to get ready for work and all my teeth were just like falling out just like in front of me. And I I looked it up later. It turns out that's a really common stress dream. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I get that all the time. Um, Yeah, it is common. Uh, honestly, I my dreams lately. This is such a weird question because the past couple of weeks, I have been having dreams that have been waking me up in the dead of night, and and I can't get back to sleep. And they're not even nightmares per se. So like, this is so a little embarrassing. Uh, I, <laughs> I started I started playing Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> yes. I started I started playing Dungeons and Dragons and I've been having these awful nightmares where I have <laughs> terrible roles and I like I fucking botch it I and and, and I can't <laughs> I can't I and like nothing like the story doesn't go according to plan and it's very stressful. I just had one of those a couple of nights ago, it woke me up six times in the middle oh. of the night. I'm so sorry, Lisa. You're having scary dreams about fictional characters in video Aww. games. I'm so sorry. What a hard life you lead. It's really bad. Ever since getting on my anti-anxiety medication, I have found that my dreams are more vivid. So I tend to remember yep. <laughs> more of them for better or for worse. Um, but... Sometimes when I have a bad dream, it'll really leave me shook. So I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'll have to like clear my head before I feel comfortable going back to bed because, and this happened even before the Lexapro, but just, you know, on occasion you have these really bad nightmares and you just wake up and you're like, wow, I can't believe I thought that. And it kind of, kind of makes you rethink the, the real world mm-hmm. and scary things that can yeah. happen. Andrew, yeah. I'm, man, that Lexapro gives some weird <laughs> fucking dreams. <laughs> I, I I remember that uh, I started taking Lexapro like a little over a year ago. And like a couple of months into taking it, uh, my family dog had to have surgery, mm-hmm. like abdominal surgery. Mm-hmm. And in my dream, I woke up, looked at myself in the mirror, and the incision from my dog's surgery was, like, on my face. (laughs) And I was like, what the fuck is happening? And in my dream, my parents' dog, Maya, was following me around and asking me in a Russian accent why I stole her incision. Oh, God. Oh, shit. It was so fucking weird. Like, I woke up from it, and I was like, that was very bizarre and that's the kind of shit like pro will do to you like sometimes i dream in technicolor it's it's, <laughs> it's technicolor really crazy. yeah i mean i usually i usually dream in widescreen but sometimes yeah 16 by 9 aspect ratio usually yeah. i'm four by three actually uh, normally if i'm drunk it's 16 I'm... by nine maybe virtual reality i actually dream pretty vividly almost on a daily basis and um I I do remember most of it, but I my dreams do tend to shift drastically for no reason to like another subject or another like role or story, and um, I uh, I can't wait to tell people when it happens because I want to see what their reaction is because some of it's kind of weird and but I do tend to remember my dreams, so I I I've never had lucid dreams though. Have you guys ever had lucid? No. Where you know you're dreaming? Nope. 
I think I think I must have lucid dreams sometimes. I feel like that would explain all of my talking in my sleep, mm. which seems seems to kind of happen when I'm in that twilight phase between wakefulness and sleepiness. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> um, Does I, anybody? There's a pill that you can take to give yourself lucid dreams. Ew. I don't know. What? Why would you want that? Well, I guess because I want to. Well, yeah, because. I mean, all my dreams then, if I were in charge, they would just all lead to sex. <laughs> yeah, I don't have enough of those. Um, some people write down their dreams, like they'll keep a dream log. I bet we have some listeners who do that, to, just to like study, kind of like what Allison was saying, because you, you, if you keep track of your dreams, you can interpret what they mean. Um, but it sounds like none of us do that here. I know Jamie of MuggleCast, he used to do that for a while anyway. But I'm like, that sounds like something he would do. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. Dreams are weird. Yeah. Maybe I'll start writing some down just so I can talk about them on the show. But, you know. Yeah, let's do that. I have a confession. I fucking hate Mm -hmm. when people recall their dreams. I don't care what you dreamt in imaginary land. It's not real. So why are you telling me? Why are you wasting my time with this? Well, it's reflective of something to do with your mental state. Yeah. And tell you something about somebody. But I bet, I bet like you guys have even brought this up before, like during hashing it out or something. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's crazy. But in my head, I'm thinking, like, I don't give a fuck. Why is she telling us this? <laughs> and that's honestly how I feel every time somebody says something. I'm surprised you wouldn't tell us that, Andrew. I'm going to start telling. You know what? Just even better yet, don't even bring it up. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so he tell. oh, Sounds good. wow, that's crazy what happened in your made up world. <laughs> I don't care. Wow. Would you care if someone told you that they had a sex dream about you? Uh, maybe. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay, you can't pick and choose. I don't care about your <laughs> dog talking you. to you oh, and oh. you apologizing for taking their teeth out or whatever the fuck you said. <laughs> Allison. You know what, Allison? You tell me about your dreams whenever you want. Oh, yeah. See, I'll listen. See how long that lasts for. All right. Thank you, Allison. <laughs> and here's one more question. This is from Chloe. What's your go-to weeknight dinner? Is there something that you usually eat that's easy and cheap but still tastes delicious? Tacos. Chicken. Ooh, tacos. That's a good one. Yeah, chicken tacos. Better yet. <laughs> oh. I have uh, I have certain things that I put into a rotation on a weekly basis. Like I love Trader Joe's has a ninety nine percent fat free burrito. That's what they call it. I'm not being douchey and just describing it that way. I mean, you are, but <laughs> go on. <laughs> And it, it's just beans and a tortilla, and like I'll add some some toppings onto it. That's really good. Um, for lunch every day, I always have a veggie patty. Like if you just put things in the rotation, then you can always fall back on them. Like you always buy them at the grocery store every week, and you always got them there for you. Yeah, I, I always like have to... like frozen chicken oh. breasts in the the freezer just in case. Um, I don't really have anything planned because I usually have different seasonings that I put on it and stuff and. It's good. Go ahead. Laura. I like to I like to also make large batches of things that I can like use throughout the week. Um, so like tomorrow I'm getting ready to make a lentil stew and I'm just going to make a buck ton of it because it freezes really well and I can just hold on to it over the next week or so and just have it as something with with all of my meals. So I'm a big nice. fan of stir fry. Um, you can take any any protein any veggies, you throw it in a fucking pan, you fry it, you're done. It's cheap, it's easy, and it's a good excuse to eat soy sauce. So, 
You don't need need an excuse to eat some. That's true. Every Thursday, I usually indulge in pussy. That's like my go-to weeknight (laughs) dinner for Thursdays. Well, Andrew, you are what you eat. I feel like that's a little bit (laughs) more of a dessert than a... Than a, than a meal, than an entree. Oh, for me, it's the main course. Mm, Living closer to you, to Elisa, has been very beneficial for my pussy Thursdays. You're welcome. So, <laughs> all right, we're gonna play a bit of a different game this week. Who said it? Yes, who said it? So the way this works is we pick a quote. And we read you three individuals who may have said that quote. You guess who you think said it, and then we reveal the answer. Uh, So for this first one, I'm going to go ahead and read the quote. And we actually have an audio clip uh, to reveal the answer. Oh. All right. You guys ready? Mm Mm-hmm. All right. This first one. This is an example of the fundamental difference between a liberal and a conservative I do not support a livable wage. And the possibilities are Karen Handel, Kellyanne Conway, or Sean Hannity. Who do y'all think said it? Uh, that's, that, that is a very Sean Hannity remark, in my opinion. So I'll go <sighs> with gonna, Hannity. I was going to say Hannity, too, actually. Um... I I don't think I don't think Sean because I want to be different. Um I don't think Kellyanne Conway can handle it. I think the only person that can handle it is Miss Handel. So that'll be my ch- <laughs> my choice. All right, well can we hear the answer? Then one which. This is an example of the fundamental difference between a liberal oh, and a Hannity. conservative. <laughs> I do not support a livable wage. What I support is making sure that we have an All economy. Right. So that was Karen Handel, for those of you who didn't recognize her dulcet tones. Um, Andrew and Elisa, you guys did a really great job of pretending like you didn't know the answer. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying, because I did retweet this clip when it happened. I didn't want somebody to say, you're an idiot with bad memory. No, I Wait. mean, what the f- Huh? Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to ask. Speaking of speaking of Karen Handel, what's going on with the uh, or with the special election in Georgia? Ah, well, it's good that you asked that. Things are running very, very close right now. Uh, with an estimated 42 percent of the vote in, Ossoff is leading her by exactly one percentage point. Great. Wait, seriously? Uh, by what less, percentage are we at? Yeah, only one percent is reporting than, though, so it's still early. Okay. CNN's saying 42%. Oh, shit. MSNBC said 1%. (laughs) That's okay. Never mind that. (laughs) Well, I mean, the polls are all over the place. I've been looking at polls with CNN, Politico, MSNBC, and it seems a little bit inconsistent at this point, although everything that I am looking at is showing Asif polling ahead currently. However, Karen Handel is already having a victory party at her campaign headquarters, apparently, because she did very, very well with in-person voting. Mm. So that's something to bear in mind, too. She wouldn't be celebrating that if her internal numbers weren't looking good. So it's just going to have to be something that we keep an eye on. Yeah. And I mean, getting back to this quote, like, how stupid are you to say such a thing, knowing how that quote could be used against you, A, and B, like, how do you think that 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 looks to undecided voters? And like, my God, it's just so insensitive. 
Right, exactly. I I remember when I saw this quote, I posted on Facebook. I was like, let's just never let's just never mind the substance of this quote because we know this is exactly how the GOP thinks. But who prepped her? Who the fuck prepped her for this debate? <laughs> I want to know. Her dog maybe. Um <laughs> Donald Trump. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll just be keeping an eye on that. And I think in the meantime, we do have another quote. Yeah, so we have, a, we have two more quotes. Um, this one goes, The country is governed for the richest, for the corporations, for the bankers, for the exploiters of labor. The majority of mankind are working people. But so long as their fair demands are ignored, we can have neither men's nor women's rights. The majority of mankind is ground down by industrial oppression so that a small few may live in ease. Who said it? Elizabeth Warren, Helen Keller, or Susan B. Anthony? Ooh. I'm going to say Helen Keller. I'm going to say Susan. I'm going to say Elizabeth. Oh wow! All right, one of you over there. Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, it was Helen Keller. She yeah. was mega socialist. Hell yeah! Oh wow! Yeah, yeah she, she was, was. She was mega socialist. She was Elizabeth Warren before there was Elizabeth Warren, basically. Okay, that's good to know because I was just about to ask who was our modern day Helen Keller. Like we need we we need like a <laughs> deaf blind Elizabeth Warren, then you can compare her to <laughs> Helen Keller. I miss Helen Keller. Like, damn, was she cool? Yeah. She was. She had her issues. Let's not. Let's not yeah. advocate for a deaf and blind Elizabeth Warren. Well, I guess we, we can we can all agree that she did have a certain presence. She was unique. I just remember being obsessed with her in like middle school or elementary school. I feel like we studied her a lot. Yeah, she had some fucked up social philosophies. Do the Helen Keller and talk with your hips. Pretty problematic, (laughs) I'm going to be honest with you. All right, listen, we got one more. Keep it together. Keep your shit together. We have one more. This, this is a quote. This is what I want written on my tombstone. Here lies one of the most intelligent animals who ever appeared on the face of the earth. Now, who said it? Donald Trump. Benito Mussolini or Woodrow Wilson? I'm going to say Mussolini. I'm going to say Wilson. I feel like he was a hunter. Wait, is this on their tombstone? (laughs) This person said said they wanted it on their tombstone. I'm going to say Trump. Yeah, it's a fair guess. That's what I would have guessed. But no, it was actually Mussolini. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Hell yeah. The fact we can't tell the difference is kind of the point, right? (laughs) <laughs> I think so. There were no, there were too many big words in there for Trump. <laughs> it's true. All right. Well, um we're going to do surprise bitch now. And we're going to give Allison a chance at redemption. She's the one who called in earlier complaining that we never surprised bitched her. So, we're all about making people's days here on the show. Let's give her a call. Hello. 
Allison. Surprise, Happy birthday. Bitch. Happy birthday. <laughs> You're about two months late. <laughs> wow. Hello to you, too. Sorry. But well, thank you. We we just played your voicemail <laughs> earlier on the show, and we wanted to redeem ourselves. So, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Good. What are you, what, uh, what are you up are you to today? Oh, I got home from work not too long ago, so I'm just kind of being lazy. What did uh, you do for your birthday two months ago? <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, I mean, I just kind of hung out with family. I try to make plans with friends, but... All my friends like to abandon me for their other friends. So uh, preach! Wow, well preach. that sounds like shitty friends. Mm, I know, like... I know. I pick the best people to hang out with. You know, when I turned twenty-one, a these three hired me a stripper, but that's not the point of this story. <laughs> uh, B, it was it my birthday, my twenty-first birthday in Vegas was the same day that the Lost finale occurred on ABC. Oh, wow. And my f- motherfucking quote unquote friends didn't come to my birthday because they had to go to lost series finale events. And I'm just like, you guys are so fake. Why is the lost finale more important than my birthday, especially turning 21 in Vegas? I can think of five good reasons. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so all I'm saying, Allison, is I understand where you're coming from with crappy awesome. friends and this is why i where left you, california where do you reside well, thank you i'm uh, i live in pennsylvania so not much oh, to do did, out here did you go to philadelphia pride over the weekend i didn't i didn't get the chance to oh are you close to I, philly no i'm about two or three hours away i've wanted oh, to go that's... to a pride event near me but it's so hard for me to find time and friends to go yeah well what would be the nearest pride event to like harrisburg because like central pennsylvania i imagine doesn't have many pride events <laughs> that's trump country <laughs> yeah it really is um probably <laughs> harrisburg i haven't really looked into it too much because, oh okay like I said, it's, I it's fun to time. it's sometimes fun to go by yourself to these uh events because you don't really <laughs> You can you can kind of lose yourself in a crowd with so much like positivity and energy, but you have and then to... get taken home by somebody because you're alone. Well, I mean that's <laughs> I mean that's the point for some people. Right? Yeah, it doesn't have to. I be. went. Well, I, the reason I asked was because I went to Philly Pride. We could have we could have gotten gay together. Oh man, and maybe then, next year. Yeah, maybe yeah. went home with each other. I mean, I sure as hell didn't go home with anybody. So. <laughs> been nice to have had you there <laughs> anything on your mind allison maybe uh like if we called you back like around your birthday or anytime earlier than that uh maybe you want to pose to us this is to. honestly this uh call it two months late but it's the best birthday present i've probably gotten oh you're welcome that's so sweet thank you <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so, well, now we have to ask you. Okay, so you stayed at your friend's house for, like, three hours because a guy came over and literally wouldn't leave. What, so, what, who who was this guy? So, uh, this guy, my friend knew from high school, I think, and they went to the same college, and she had told me about him before that she went out with him once in college, and, um, 
she was going to give him a chance, but then she just didn't feel anything. So I went over to hang out with her because she was alone, and he came over and was just literally like what you would think of of the you know friend zone guy would is exactly him. His first words were to me were not even hello or anything like that. They were, did she tell you how nice I was to her today? I did all this for her. I literally said to him like, do you want me to clap for you? Oh, because, wow. Good for you. So I that tells you that shit. Oh my God. I was so mad the whole time. And like, he's just like a typical guy like that. And I just, I had no idea what to do. I was just fuming and we, he put on suicide squad and we're, I'm watching suicide squad and I'm just trying to figure out how to get him out of the house because he like literally came in on sat on the couch next to her and like, put his arms around her. I'm like looking at her like, why are you letting him do this? And she's like, I'm a nice person. And I'm like, you need to not be a nice person. And I finally told him to leave. Um, and Damn right. I told oh, him good. that the movie wasn't that good, that he can finish it another day because the movie wasn't over. And good. frankly, was... you're not nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I was so, I so happy he left. And I said to her, I'm like, Why? She's like, I'm a nice person. I'm like, you need to stop being nice. Like, honestly, like, I really wish he would have started something because I would have finished it, but Mm -hmm. he didn't. Sounds like you were being Nice guys Hmm? finish last. Nice girls, too, in this case. Anyway, well, I'm glad we got an answer to that because we were, well, I was wondering (laughs) what was happening in that situation earlier in the show. And thank you so much for your support. And thank you so much for the call. Yeah, absolutely. Talk to you later. Thanks. Hello. See you okay. later. Bye. Bye, Allison. All right. Well, on that note, that concludes Millennial episode Season 3, Episode 22. On After Dark today, we're going to talk about net neutrality. It's actually a major issue again. This makes me so angry. And uh, we're going to talk about how solar is replacing coal, thank God, and why Trump is still so hell-bent on coal in the first place. And also, I think we might do a few more of these love questions. Last week, Laura, Elisa, and I got really deep, really romantic with each other, really spread our legs open to each other, learn new things about each other. Yeah. <laughs> big shocker there. Yeah, and opened we're going to get, get deeper. Going to get nasty. These are the questions. These are part three of that questions to make you fall in love thing. So they're, they're, a, lot, they're a lot more uh, personal, I think. Mm-hmm. We're getting deeper. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So deep. Mm. <laughs> mm. End it, Andrew. Mm. End it now. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Elisa. I'm Maura. And I'm Matt. See everybody next week for episode 323. Bye. Gush, girl. Shut your lips. Do the Helen Keller and talk with your hips. I said, shush, girl. Shut your lips. Do the Helen Keller and talk with your hips. I said, shush, girl. Shut your lips. Do the Helen Keller and talk with your hips.